to another episode of Damsels in Discussion, where we discuss the week's pop culture from a funny, feminist, foul-mouthed perspective. We did skip a week due to some unforeseen and uncontrollable technical difficulties. So this week we are discussing the Nashville season finale, the Mad Men episode The Crash, and the Game of Thrones episode Second Sons. I am Brandy in Los Angeles. I'm Shannon in Oakland. And I'm Teresa in Brooklyn. Okay, y'all, so Nashville ended with uh, a crash. <laughs> a crash and a proposal and a pregnancy and anything else under the sun you could throw in we got in the last few minutes of Nashville. Well, before we get to what was bad, I have to say <laughs> I loved Juliet in the finale. I loved the effect that her mother's death on her. I loved that end song. I end song was great. I don't know where she's going to start in the next season. Is she going to be opening up? Is she going to be closing off? Is she going to be becoming more mature? Is she going to become a drug addict? I don't know, but from the beginning, she's been the most intriguing character to me. And this finale, it was her that kept my attention. It was her show, I think. I think the finale was all about Juliet. Everyone else was her supporting cast. I, I am on the Hayden Panettiere bandwagon for an Emmy nomination at this point, like seeing what she did with that character over the course of the mm-hmm. season. And I think they gave her some material that was like, not like they gave her stuff that was like good challenging like this. And then they also gave her stuff that was like kind of crappy challenging. And I, she kind of elevated it. You know, these, some of these storylines throughout the season would have been unbearable if she hadn't been working it the whole time. So I really... I'm a fan. I've become a, I was always a skeptic about her before, but I'm a fan now. I just read a story that her, her role was supposed to be much smaller. It was really going to be all Connie Britton's show. And then uh, once they cast her and she started working, they were like, Oh, we have to make her role much bigger. So she kind of earned, earned her, her co-star status. I think. And the two of them have such good chemistry. Like when they were sitting on that bench in the funeral, I was half like, Raina asked Julia to come stay with you. <laughs> Finally, we got the scene I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Them, that was a great scene. Advice, connection. It was just, I just, you know, honestly, from the moment the episode opened, I love that she wasn't wearing a lot of makeup. She had these red eyes. Like, she looks so raw. And what I love about Hayden Panettiere is she can really be really raw. And that's who Juliet is. I mean, I, after season one of Nashville, I would say she's one of the most talented young actresses out there right now. And I can't believe she's not getting more work because her range is incredible. I think she will be. Like, I think this is really going to help her career because before it was like, you know, she was a kid star on a soap opera and she was on Heroes and it was all about like the cheerleader outfit more than it was about her. Right. (laughs) And I think this is like really her time to show like, no, I'm, I'm the real deal. And it doesn't hurt that she can sing really well too. Right. 
I have to really hand it to the writers because I uh, definitely guaranteed some of those people have family members with addiction because some of the stuff that they have her say is stuff that people are really ashamed to say that they feel about family members with addiction. And it's amazing. I, I, I've seen shades of that that I've never seen in character. It's not so black and white, you know, and when she's like, I should be celebrating it's over. It's like, I've heard so many people say that. And it's like, you know, privately, quietly whispering, but never on a TV show. And I just thought that was so brave and wonderful and made her feel so real to me. Yeah. But then the Deacon, that <laughs> Deacon scene where he loses it in his apartment oh with God. Coleman and Gunner and Scarlett was also fantastic acting and terrifying. I was terrified. I thought he was going to kill Coleman for a second. I was I was waiting for the moment, and I'm glad they didn't go there, where he would sort of, like, accidentally punch Scarlet in the face. Right. Uh, but Because uh, I think it was enough without that, you know? I And um, obviously Charles Esten did a great job with that scene. But this is the thing that I was saying when, like, uh, it's she, Raina could never tell him, like, Never tell him the truth. This is why. Like, who goes into such a horrible downward spiral so quickly? Can you build a life with someone whose reaction to bad news is this? No. Well, and that's why I feel like I've always been on the, you know, Raina and Deacon love train here. But then seeing this other side of him so fast was like, oh, I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was kind of horrifying. Actually, Mm -hmm. and even to the very last, you know, the kicker of the show where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing fine. And he's got his bottle with him. But I love their friendship top where he's like, well, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, I don't want to talk either. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going anywhere. You know, and I just I love that where it was like, why don't you're pissing me off? I don't want to talk to you, but I'm not leaving. Yeah, just. Just a mini shout out to that actor who I think, you know, he's so interesting when they give him this personal stuff to do. And so, I mean, the other storyline they had for him was very flat. And I love seeing him in this particular role as the sponsor. Well, we know he's a good actor because he was great on The Wire. You know? Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I, I, Wait, I'm who was he on The Wire? Life. He's in season you know, four. He invented Hamsterdam. Yeah. Oh, mm. oh my God! And he, he the... and he adopts that boy. I can't yeah, of course, of course, Hamsterdam. Oh wow, there's a lot of good cross pollination going on with all these shows. Definitely, yeah. but I I enjoyed seeing his downward spiral. I mean, it was very difficult, but it was like, oh, he's not such a perfect martyr all the time. You know, he's not. You know. Right. This morally right person all the time. So I enjoyed seeing that. I completely expected the car crash. That was, Oh, yeah. That was you show someone get into a car in the final minutes of your season finale, you know that car is crashing. <laughs> it's that Chekhov rule. Yeah. You show a car, yeah. it's going to crash in the third right. act. I think this is compelling stuff, but I do wish they had maybe stretched it out over an episode or two because the like suddenness of the spiral was a little much for me, but... This show had so much melodrama in it. I have made a list of things that didn't happen because every other thing actually (laughs) happened in this show. So here's what didn't happen. Juliet's house did not catch fire. Maddie is not pregnant. Avery did not come out to Scarlet. Deacon did not shoot Coleman. (laughs) And that's it. Everything else happened in this episode. (laughs) Right. Totally. 
There is everything plus the kitchen sink. But I would watch that alternate universe version of Nashville. Totally. Well. Yeah, completely. Sign me up. I think it would be on the Lifetime channel, but I'd watch yeah. it. But you know what scene I also really, really loved was when um, Raina is talking to Bucky and she's yeah. just like crying hysterically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another just great acting job. It felt so real to me and so tragic and desperate. And it's great. Great acting. I'm going to give props to Teddy. I know. Just no. But no, when no, he was, in the scene that fight with Maddie. Scene, no, the mm-hmm. scene where he fights with Deacon. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Raina deserved better than you. And after seeing that whole spiral and he was so angry and so earnest and it's like, I totally get it. What happened and how she chose Teddy. I totally get it in that moment. Completely yeah. understood. And there is part of Teddy that is a good man. And I got it. It was well done. I, I, I did also like the scene with the three of them with Maddie, which was a little bit truncated, but I mean, just his attitude of like, uh, let me do this. Let me handle this one. Uh, yeah. And he said, you trust, you asked me to trust you that you, you would never take her way out of my life. Give me that same trust. And I like that. Yeah. I think this, this was a really good episode for him. And, uh, but then of course it had to end with this whole, like Peggy being <laughs> like I'm pregnant, which is just like, Oh God. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I want TV to realize like, not that an unplanned pregnancy isn't like a big deal in real life, but there's this TV thing where announcing a pregnancy changes everything for everyone involved. And now like, I just don't think that that's the way that real people talk about unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> it's not this melodramatic dramatic announcement that's going to change your whole life. Yeah, there's this thing on TV. It's like, does nobody discuss birth control before they have sex? Because most yeah. adults do. Yeah. Right? You know, especially if you have children. I mean, you've gone through this before. You know how a child is made. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this whole, like, I didn't realize that having sex made babies <laughs> just watch Teresa's new documentary how to lose <laughs> right. your virginity and you will understand how babies are made this, this, these people live in a world with no contraception no morning after pills and mm-hmm. no access to abortion despite them being of a socioeconomic group that can get an abortion anytime they fucking well please so other storyline that made no fucking sense is Gunner proposing. <laughs> I was screaming at the TV. I was like, this is stupid. I know. He started crouching down and I was like, he's not. He's not. <laughs> like, stupid. Just, just a note to every man out there. Proposing is never the solution to a problem in your relationship unless the specific problem is she wants you to propose and you haven't proposed. Right. <laughs> Which then there's no question of what you should do. No, it was ridiculous. It was like, you he's made it no, he's had no epiphany that she's the one. He's just kind of like been on the sidelines being like, oh, she's meeting with her ex-boyfriend. Like he hasn't had any internal, she's the one revelations that we've seen. Also, where could he afford that ring? Which is bothered me. <laughs> I loved when Deacon and his drunken rant said, He's not right for you. He's broken inside. I loved that. Aww. Yeah. 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 I don't know. He So first he's like, he's like Mr. Emo. And then he becomes the bad boy. And then he gets this record deal. 
And then the guy says, I don't really care if you're not really a bad boy. I just need you to be a bad boy so you can continue being a rock star, country star. And then he's like, yeah, but I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm just going to be Mr. Emo again. (laughs) Because my girlfriend doesn't like it. But I'm going to wash my hair and then that'll fix our entire relationship. Those flowers look wilty and awful, too. They look really stupid, didn't they? It's really terrible. The whole thing was so ill-advised. I don't even know what to say. I'm embarrassed for him. I would just be like, I don't know how Scarlett's going to react because I feel like I still don't necessarily have a handle on this character. But I would be insulted like, oh, so you saw me hanging out with my ex-boyfriend and even though things were totally innocent and we're just trying to be on good terms, you need to like put a ring on it now to keep me away from him. Right. Yeah, it's it's a total like territory thing. Yeah, totally territorial. And I think Avery, like, I'm giving Avery the benefit of the doubt here because I think he really is trying to be a better person. I don't think it's about trying to steal her back. Yeah. Uh, Do you think him and Juliet are going to end up together? I would like it if they become friends because I think what she really needs is a friend right now. Right. Yeah. I really think that her mother's death is going to really fuel her new creative vision, though. I think these deeper, soulful, folksy hits, you know, I think are really going to be more inspired from her mother's death so i i'm just thrilled to see where juliet goes reyna's gonna be a mess next season no doubt about it yeah i think they might trade places i know tandy's got her power blazer on she had the red power blazer on again Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you think it's her that's called who's called this the attorney oh wasn't it peggy no peggy said it wasn't i don't know if i believe her I think it's either Coleman or Tandy. The only way the storyline becomes really interesting, though, is Tandy versus Lamar, I feel like. Which is what's going to happen next yeah. season. I mean, I, I hope so. I hope that they follow through with that. Be, and she doesn't, like, take the high road and be like, I can't talk about my dad because I think it would be the most interesting. No, I don't think she feels that way. I don't think she's interested in the high road at all. So, red power blazer, 24-7. Well, speaking of red power blazers, let's move on to Game of Thrones because no one wears them. <laughs> they do wear their like power armor sometimes. So I will wear my power toga um, <laughs> at the worst wedding in history. <laughs> or the best if you're just one of the guests having some wine and being like, look at this shit show. Yeah, it was a total <laughs> shit show. I mean, it was like a terrible wedding. It was a great, terrible wedding to witness. My favorite part was Cersei telling Marjorie she was going to strangle her in sleep. Which Call was... me sister again and I'll have you strangled in your sleep. Which was yeah. all, like, and then a close second to Loras. No one cares what your father said. <laughs> it was amazing. Cersei was on point, And after not seeing her in the episode before this, I was like, thank you. Like, I needed that. I mean, Tyrion was so nice to Sansa. She just needs to stop being such a vain girl and just be like, you got a good deal here. Just chill out. I don't think she's ever going to see that. I think, you know, to, to me, Sansa still strikes me as, yes, I know, Brandy, you think she's a survivor and we should cut <laughs> her a lot of slack, but she's just like this little tiger beat reading crush on new direction having you know like teenager yeah well she's 14 i didn't realize she was that young 14 is like 30 in westeros years Mm. so 
but no, I'm kidding. Um, but she's really, she's just a, a shallow. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I wish they would give her something more interesting to do. But uh, I mean, this is interesting, but she can only be reactionary to it. She, right. I don't, I don't see this character ever taking on, you know, more agency, which is what I was hoping when I started referring her to, to her as my Edith, you know, so. Yeah, she has no agency whatsoever. It's disappointing, but... Well, then, moving on to someone who does, which is Arya with her rock over the hound's head. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Those two. Those two are great together. And she's going to get back to her family, so all is well. I mean, the hound isn't all bad. (laughs) We know that. Do you seriously believe that? I don't believe she (laughs) But she can make all that money. I don't believe that anything good is ever going to happen on this show. I think they're going to be yeah. ambushed and she's going to be kidnapped by someone else or they're going to try to ford a river and drown. I don't know, something. <laughs> the <Yeah>. walking trail. <laughs> something. <laughs> they're all going to die of a snake bite and cholera. <laughs> Dysentery. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I believe that that's his intentions. If they get there or not, I don't know. But that is his intention. To I believe that's his I think Brandy's right that nothing good will ever happen to anyone again. Pretty much <laughs> seems to be the theme, um, and any any plan will be thwarted, and any route will not be completed. <laughs> that's pretty much. You'll only be pleasantly surprised if it is. So I think that's an excellent <laughs> attitude to take. Well, what about Sam killing a White Walker, and it's not even a finale? What what? That was a good scene, actually. Sam kills a White Walker and then leaves the weapon behind. <laughs> Come on, Sam. Boyfriend of the year. Seriously. He finally finds something that's going to kill a White Walker and drops it. What an idiot. Right. Did you send the raven, Sam? No. no. You had one no. job. You had no. one job. One good thing that might happen is that uh, Daenerys might get to bone a hot guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Be on the cover of a romantic novel. Oh, my God. Fabio was looking good on this episode. <laughs> he was looking good. Right. <laughs> Dario is his name, not Fabio. But <laughs> Close enough. Dario. Dario's a big heartthrob. I was waiting to see, you know, what would Dario look like because um, he is this really heartthrob character. I can't say I really care for him, but I don't know. What do you gals think? He's a little oh. too girly for my taste. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was, I was like, this guy's dead sexy. <laughs> 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 I guess I'm the demographic they were going for because I was like, hello, clearly. <laughs> He looks a little too Loras to me, you know. Is he really playing for my team? Yeah, I think he is. Oh, because he's got the like square jaw and the swagger. Oh, he's in it, right? Don't you worry about that. All right, all right. You know, there's nothing that turns a woman's head more than showing up with a bag of heads. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When you care enough to send the very best. Better than those awful flowers Gunner showed up with. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah, Gunner Gunner should have showed up with every, Avery's head in a bag. <laughs> that would have done it. 
was all the stuff with Gendry and Melisandre and Stannis, which I had to say, like, oh. um, I, I, I liked those scenes. You know, I was, I was intrigued. This was the first time I really felt like I was getting on Team Davos too, because like, yeah. is there anything more endearing than an old person trying to learn to read? Like, I know it's cute. <laughs> That was nice. And I like the way that Stannis goes to Davos to be talked out of his stupid ass ideas. Mm-hmm. It was really one of the first times I found a Stannis focused scene to be interesting. Well, you know, when she was uh when she was uh getting Gendry ready for this, they came so close to giving Nailed us a it. yeah. We got the hip bones and the divots yeah. and you can almost see even like the shadow of some pubes and then yep. cut away. Yep. Like, ah! So Give a hell some pubes. God. <laughs> That's what it sounded like when we were watching it. I was watching it with my friend Kristen and my sister, Andrea, who was visiting, and we're like, oh, 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 damn. So close. <laughs> but we saw a bunch of her butt. I mean, I finally, yeah, finally I'm interested in what's happening in this land. You know, it's only taken a season and a half to get there. But um, Melisandre is making is becoming a power player, and she's very interesting now. So um, I'm excited about where this is going, and I don't think I've ever said that before. About yeah. The land of well, Stannis. the more the more power that she shows, the more I wonder if for her Stannis is a means to an end rather than something she's really like supporting. Oh, if I've always kind of, thought that. I've always you know, thought I, he is her. It, he is her pawn. Okay, so it took me a while to be sure or unsure about that. And now this episode for sure, because she didn't seem to have let him in on what the plan was. Oh, no. She knows Uh, he's an idiot. Okay, so I'm just waiting for her to like, like, I I would love it if at the end of this whole thing, the throwdown is between like Danny and Arya and Melisandre (laughs) instead of any of these Uh. lame who are like doing nothing but just whining to their ladies and spreading their seed. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I just really want a dragon to eat Joffrey's head. I mean, it's all I'm asking for. Just pop down, okay. it, throw it. My my friend Kristen was watching him with um at the wedding, and she's <sighs> like, "He's terrible, and this actor is terrible. He's like the Nelly Olson." Of Game oh of no! Thrones. I think the actor's great. Actually, I think he's doing exactly Who's what. Who's Nelly he... Olson? Oh, Little House on Little the House Prairie. On the Prairie. Oh, I fucking hated that show. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh god. Well, you're supposed to hate Nelly. You can the bucket. Who knows what's gonna happen in this terrible marriage? I th- still think Arya is gonna get to her family. No one else believes me. Um, Daenerys is gonna have you know, her own romance, romance novel, steamy romance novel. Yeah. So moving on to Mad Men where everybody's shooting up. (laughs) I watched this episode twice. And the first time I was, I was annoyed and wished that I had watched it before seeing people on Twitter being like, what a crazy episode. Like I never remember not to look at Twitter on Sunday nights for these East coasters. Um, and then the second time, I was like, this isn't an, even as crazy as I thought it was the first time. Like, once you sort of are looking for the clues and the way everything fits together, it's not quite as over the top, I don't think. What did you guys think? It was wildly entertaining. I love that each season we get a fucking crazy episode like this that usually involves drugs that is just so entertaining. It's hilarious. 
It's surprising. It's spontaneous because so much of Mad Men is plodding along. Deep emotions. No one's happy. And then you get this episodes like this and it's just like, God, I love this show. The gif of Kenny doing the tap <laughs> dance. I could watch all day of my life. What a talent. Amazing. That was a great scene. My my gut reaction to the show was that some of it was fantastic, like Kenny tap dancing and Roger and Cutler playing checkers and right. anything that Stan is in, you know, I love automatically. Um, and some of it was kind of unwatchable. The whole sequence of Grandma Ida showing so up, weird. which was just really difficult to watch. And I watched these shows twice, you know, and the second time I, I, I couldn't watch it. I actually just had to skip through it because I couldn't take it. And the other thing that was really tough for me to watch was the whole like whorehouse flashback, yeah. how I lost my virginity. Who cares, Don, at this point, you know, I don't and think Matthew was- Weiner is getting edited very well on this because every TV critic I read hates the flashbacks. I've yeah. always hated the flashbacks. But we already know who Dawn one. is. Like, stop yeah. doing it. And this one yeah. in particular made me angry because it's like, okay, we've seen some bad things happen to Dawn. He didn't have great parents, this and that. And now what you're telling me is that he was he essentially lost his virginity through being raped by a prostitute. Uh, that's terrible. But why are you telling me this right now? Is it to justify the way that he's been treating women his whole life? Because I don't buy that. And I find it insulting. Right. Right. And and the whole, I mean, come on. And the oatmeal ad that looks oh, like. Oh, yeah. Dude, like, really, people? Uh, so some of this show was just fabulous. And some of it was just. Ugh. I agree. Once again, the stuff in the office is far superior to anything else that they try to do. That's right. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's always better when it's stuff in the office. One of the things I loved was when uh, Don comes in to give his big inspirational speech about this idea. He has no idea. It's just words. And then then Peggy's (laughs) just like, is the answer a Chevy? You know, and she's just... (laughs) She's just this voice of reason. She sees straight through him. She knows, like, the emperor has no clothes anymore. She sees that he's a crock of shit. And I love that. I, like, now when I'm watching, I'm just watching Peggy. It's like, what is Peggy doing? What is Peggy doing? She is my focal point. (laughs) That scene was a really nice bookend to the very short scene earlier where he was just like, get me in with the Chevy people. The timber of my voice is just as important as the contact content. And then you see him have no content. But the yeah. timbre of his voice is so exciting that they're hanging on his every word for like a couple of minutes before they figure out that nothing is happening. Uh, yeah, that was pretty amusing. Every scene with Stan was incredible. I loved the, I mean, even though it was kind of uncomfortable, him t- coming on to Peggy was like, thank you. Let's acknowledge the sexual tension, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sweet. I think it was just, I don't know. I found it sweet. It's because you have a crush on Stan. I never thought I'd have a crush on him. If you have a crush on someone, then him being like, you have a nice ass is sweet. But if you think he's creepy, then that's like the worst. He was kind of creepy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, sorry for the double standard, guys. Yeah, I, I apologize. You're right. It's total double standard. 
It's true. <laughs> Someone brought this up in one of the critics I read, and I felt the same way. It was like the last time we saw Sterling, he was saying, oh, I have a heart problem. And he goes, oh, it's not a problem. And then we never saw him again in the episode. Oh, no. God. Yeah. And I felt that, too. I was like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then I read that in one of the columns I read, and I was like, oh, I hope he's okay. I mean, I'm sure he's fine, but it was definitely a weird thing, the last thing you hear. And then it's like, where did he go? Dawn, the secretary, disappears Mm -hmm. repeatedly. Yep. Perhaps this is a motif that is starting to emerge, where a character just disappears for unexplained reasons. Like, maybe this is something they're doing on purpose. Like the ads where people disappear in the ads. Right. I was going to say the other great part is, you know, when Ted comes back and he's like, this is a bunch of drivel and Chevy isn't even spelled right. (laughs) Like, how do you even spell it with like an IE? Like, how do you even spell it? Ted did not know what he was getting into. (laughs) No, poor Ted. I mean, after the whole dick measuring contest, which he won because he's a motherfucking pilot, you know. (laughs) Better than yeah. a drinking problem. One step yeah. away from an astronaut, you're always going to yeah. win. You know, and then he's like, oh, man, I just hitched my star to this crazy ass team. Although it is his partner that gets everybody juiced. So. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like Cutler must have been like kind of holding himself in back at CGC. Yeah. And now he's got like his new bro, Roger, and he's surrounded by this atmosphere he never would have called his doctor in before, right? He's letting loose. They were awake for three days. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I did, like, I did read some articles, too, that people linked about, like, the real kind of Dr. Feelgood who mm-hmm. did this piece. And it's just fascinating to think, like, how did people think it was okay? <laughs> like, right. I don't how I mean in this plus the chain smoking and the drinking and everything how did we just not expire as a species in the 60s One one theory about this show that I thought was absolutely brilliant was that the entire show was a metaphor for Vietnam mm-hmm. Did you guys read that Yeah it yeah. was amazing we'll post it on our Tumblr Yeah I mean it's it's really kind of amazing that um you know they talk about uh Don's speech about, I know there is a way to win this and we just need to find the door and it will open. And um, the the whole thing with, with uh, Kenny, you know, being taken on a joyride with a gun and being injured and walking with a cane the whole time. No one and, cares about uh, his injuries. No one cares about his injuries. They just want to send him right back in there the fact that Stan is constantly wearing these kind of khaki green shirts and there's this amazing photo of Stan with his tie around his forehead, mm-hmm. you know, when he's asking, like playing some form of Russian roulette with the exacto knives compared to the deer hunter, you know, the scene in the yeah. deer hunter. Yeah. Um, the visual thing, but that was the thing that really put it over the top for me on this. Um, the Slate article that was talking about this, yeah. Uh, I think that theory is so spot on. I think that's exactly what it was. I just, like, after the parallels that they drew, I was like, yep, I have no I have no counterpoint. That's exactly what they were yeah. doing. <laughs> so, Sometimes you just get these brilliant pieces of TV 
criticism, and this is by Forrest Wickman on Browbeat at Slate, and we'll post it. Um, it made total sense. It was totally their Vietnam. Yeah. But my thing is, even though I think it's very entertaining to watch, and I think that theory is spot on, am I really comfortable with the show equating war, a war zone with an upper middle class office space? <laughs> I don't know. I, it might be a little condescending to the actual people who were in Vietnam. Well, it's condescending how they made another criminal black, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting side note, too. And I thought that while I was watching it, I was like, really? This is who you're casting in this role as Grandma Ida? Is it just so that you can have Bobby say comically, are we Negroes? Like, it's just, ugh, yeah. Yeah, our first comment was, why is she black? You know, I saw someone say, you know, well, why can't they treat race in such an amazing way as they do gender? You know, they do all these progressive things with gender on the show and have these great conversations about it, and yet they are so stunted with race. And I just, I just don't think Matthew Weiner is interested. And he, it, like, this is his show, you know? Like, there are other writers who help out, but, like, this is his deal. They talk about what he's interested in. Well, and as a white man, you don't have to be, so. Yeah, you don't have to think about race <laughs> very much, so, mm-hmm. you know. I thought the whole storyline was interesting, um, I did frustrate frustrate me that she was black, but the storyline interested me because of Sally's reaction. She wasn't uh-huh. scared, and she was like, I she was upset because she made her look like a child, like an idiot child. And I I thought it was enlightening into who Sally is. She's not scared of things. She's used to people being shitty and lying, so that wasn't weird to her. It was just like, well, don't make me look stupid. Yeah, and I did like the phone call between her and Dawn because the lack of Sally-Dawn interaction has been a void for me this season. I've always really right. liked the two of them together. So Yeah, I think, you know, if we watched this, if this show went on until he died, I bet she wouldn't go to his funeral. Mm. I bet she'd be like, fuck you. That guy was nothing to me. I'm not going. Hmm. But Betty's back in the saddle again. Blonde hair, slim and trim, pearls. She's back. Very sassy. Yeah. I, think I bet she's some... had some uppers to help with that. <laughs> mother's little helper. Yeah. Mother's little. I live for these episodes. You know, we had the, um, you know, Sterling oh. doing his acid trip last year. We had the tractor. There's one episode like this every season and I, I just can't wait for it. So it was highly <laughs> satisfying and entertaining to me. Does anybody have a one fabulous thing? I do. Um, as we are recording this um, for Los Angeles tomorrow, the opening of Before Midnight, which is a movie I've been waiting for <laughs> for so very long. And I will be going to the first showing tomorrow and like sitting alone with my coffee and watching it. Um, I just can't wait. Like what Richard Linklater and Julie Delpy and Ethan Hawke have made. I just have so much respect for this kind of movie making. And I really... Even if I, I'm going, I'm trying to go in without too many ex- expectations, but I just I'm looking forward to just being with those characters again of Jesse and Celine. So awesome, awesome, good for you. Well, my one fabulous thing I'm not finished with, which I actually know Brandy has finished, which is Top of the Lake. Um, mm-hmm. I'm dying to finish the last two episodes. I devoured the first four, 
If you think you know what Elizabeth Moss can do, you have no idea because she is a stupendous actress who's being highly unutilized. She is incredible on top of like, there's this one scene that she did that I was screaming. I could not even believe that she had it in her to do it. It was amazing. And I, it's so, so well-crafted, haunting and beautiful. And I can't wait to finish it. Um, And then I actually have a one not fabulous feminist thing. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I did see Star Trek and it is really <laughs> unfeminist. Like it's uh, that's what I've heard. It's really sexist and it's pretty shocking because J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindoff have both written very strong women and not women. On TV. Yeah, but not women running around in mini skirts for I, I don't understand why your uniform is a mini dress. I just don't understand. Shannon, because of tradition, that's how they did it in the 1960s. Yeah, and you have a and you have a linguistics expert and a weapons specialist who do nothing with either of those talents or take off their clothes and they cry a lot over men. Granted, a lot of the men cry. There's a lot of crying, but which I was just like, why are so many fucking people crying? Um, it's just like. A lot of problems the first that's the thing i find the most insulting to star trek because like everyone is usually pretty stoic I'm oh my god i think almost every character main character cries uh i loved 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 the first one and had really high hopes for this and found it pretty sloppy uh and the female characters were atrocious i know damon lindoff has gone on to apologize for some of it which is good it was it was it was really a missed opportunity and there's no excuses. There's absolutely no excuses. You have an ensemble with these female characters who have built-in cool jobs. Yeah. And you can't do anything with them? That's that's a choice you chose to not to make. But Benedict Cumberbatch is incredible. Continue to watch everything he's ever do, does. So. I, w- yeah. I was going to ask about him because you know he's my imaginary boyfriend. And oh, yeah. um, uh, so I was curious if he was if he was good in this. I did see a bit of him in the shower, mm. which was an outtake that J.J. Uh, Abrams presented to prove he wasn't misogynist, which I don't but even know what that, that means. They cut that from the film, but they left exactly. in the underwear shot. Like, uh, which, which is like, no, okay. there's no purpose. There's I absolutely say... no reason for her taking her clothes off at that point. Absolutely no fucking fucking reason There's and this is a thing i have not seen them seen the movie yet but i heard this scene described and this is a thing that drives me fucking nuts in movies and chris pine shame on you for like not saying something about this because this thing where a woman is like don't look i'm changing and then the guy looks anyway that's not cute caddish behavior that's a violation like and if you expect me to like a character after he defies a woman and watches her in privacy when she specifically asked him not to then you're being ridiculous and it was so overtly sexist and just lame it wasn't needed for the plot and it's already a two-hour action movie Make it work. Like, uh, we're not, I'm not anti-nudity. We we talk about nudity on Game of Thrones, like, every day. It's just, like, can you make it work for your story? It Make it work for your story if you want to have a sexy time thing. Have two characters being sexy together. Don't make it objectifying one person. Right. And, yeah, it was just completely unneeded. And she was this really smart woman, and she never got to do anything smart. She cried Ugh. over her dad and her wannabe boyfriend. And it was just, it was insulting. It was 
more insulting than other things that I see where it's like, okay, I expected that, you know, like every Bond girl, you know, but it was like, this was insulting because there was an opportunity. It's actually built into the story to do something interesting. And you actually chose not to. It's how I felt about the movie Oz. It's actually built in the story to make these women interesting. But because you think that people don't want interesting female characters, you make them the same shit that I don't want to buy. And I'm sad I gave it my money. And that's my rant. Good rant. Good ranting. Therese, do you have something fabulous to end on? (laughs) My two two fabulous things are Shannon and Brandy. who have so much passion. They inspire me every single week. And I will continue to listen to them and marvel. Well, and to our listeners, we're fucking writing an action film. And if they're taking their clothes off, there's a fucking reason. So (laughs) amen. There's a purpose to the cleavage, and that's important. So, <laughs> right. the cleavage does serve a story point. Actually, yeah. it really does. So, you know what? Fourteen-year-old <laughs> boys, you'll get your cleavage, and women, you'll get your women that kick ass. So, and that's how you write a film. Take note. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. I'm out. Let me go free some slaves. I'm out. <laughs> take us out of here. Whew. God, Brandy, take us. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Damsels in Discussion. You can find us on Facebook by searching Damsels in Discussion, on Twitter at Damsels underscore Discuss, and on Tumblr at damselsdiscuss.tumblr.com. We do post things throughout the week in addition to our episodes, so please check us out, tweet at us, chat with us, whatever. Uh, We would love to know if you're out there listening, and if you want to leave an iTunes review, that would be great as well. Fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well. Live fast, die young, bad girls do it well.